Hi, I'm Carmen LeBurge. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen LeBurge. Encouraging you to live as an ambassador of God's kingdom in the world. This is Mornings with Carmen LeBurge on Faith Radio. If we're gonna fly, we fly like eagles, arms out wide. If we're gonna fear, we fear no evil. We will rise by your power. We will go by your spirit. We are bold. If we're gonna stand, we stand as giants. If we're gonna walk, we walk as lions. Good morning. Good morning. It's hour two of mornings with Carmen on this eighth of November. Um, 2022. Yes, it is election day. Let me encourage you to take advantage of the opportunity that we have here in the United States of America to make our voice heard by casting our vote. Let's be praying for one another in the midst of that. Let's be um, considering passages of scripture that speak directly to um, the the sovereignty of God over all things, his kingdom, um, his lordship, you know, and, and all things as derivative of that. Um, and so let me just encourage you today to be seeking the Lord um, and focusing on, you know, passages of Scripture where God is exalted as enthroned over all and all dominions and authorities, rulers and powers being certainly subordinate to him and nothing, nothing, nothing outside of God's um, sovereign control. So, you can rest in that today, no matter the outcome of a particular election. Uh, anticipation, it's making me wait. The uh, Powerball n- numbers um, were held up last night, like literally, like held up for security concerns. So uh, all of those people who bought tickets are um, probably not paying attention to much else today as they are awaiting the release of those numbers. So just, if, you're, if the people around you are hotly distracted, it might be because of that. Um, and then in in the first hour, I was just led to invite folks um, to text in one word, one word that sort of captures the burden that um, that they're bearing right now, uh, that we might bear that one word before the Lord together. And so I'm going to invite you to do that as well. So consider for a moment, just take a moment to give your burden a name. Like, what's the one word? It might be the name of a person, but it might also be a word like pain or finances, prodigal, work, Alzheimer's, homelessness, trauma, fear. You can text your one word to me at 877-933-2484, and I will add it to my one word list. So, so far, um, and this doesn't even capture the ones that have come in in the last few minutes, but these were the ones that I could type up during um, during the time between the end of the last show and the beginning or the end of the last hour and the beginning of this one. So we're going to lift up these one word prayers um, from one another because we recognize that the most important thing going on in any one of our lives is probably not something in the headline news, but it is headlining the news in our life. So um, I am lifting these up as if my hands are cupped together um, and I'm holding you up with this one word prayer. Spirit-led, Heidi, work, pain, Becky, memory, fear, courage, troken, democracy, prodigals, forgive, healing, loneliness, prodigal, fear, 
grateful, grief, communism, democracy, career, prodigals, children, addiction, fear, daughter, relationships, unity, fear, strongholds, classroom, daughter, frustration, mistrust, failure, endurance, unsaved, breaking chains, pain, compassion, endometriosis, parenting, children. What's your one word? Give your burden, give your burden a name and text me the one word at 877-933-2484 that I could be praying for you today. My one word is help. Next up, we're going to have um, Dr. Jeff Barrows back. He's rejoining us. Um, we're going to celebrate his return among us and have conversations about all kinds of medical headlines. That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. Your dreams were your ticket out. Welcome back to that same old place that you laughed about. Doctor, my eyes have seen the years and the slow parade of fears without crying. Now I Jeff Barrows is back. Christian Medical and Dental Association. You should check out what they're working on at cmda.org. Jeff. Good morning and welcome back. Good morning, Carmen. I can't tell you how glad I am to be back with you this morning. It's uh, it's terrific. Great to hear your voice. Well, we have been um, we've been praying for you, um, and so maybe you could um, give us a, a brief update, um, whatever you want to share. Talk about you know your journey. What maybe what you've learned as a doctor from the experience of being a patient. Well, yeah, I'd I'd uh, be happy to share. Earlier this year, uh, probably around February, I was uh, diagnosed with stage four non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. I had noticed a lump in my upper thigh and thought it might be a, a cancer, but I have to say I was a little surprised that it uh, it put me at stage four, which with lymphoma means that the cancer cells had gotten into my bone marrow and. Uh, so that began uh, what's now taken most of the year, uh, several um, chemotherapies, uh, immunotherapies through the spring. Uh, I'm happy to say that uh, in June I had repeat testing, which showed uh, no clear evidence of remaining tumor, but there was thought that uh, certainly there were remnant cells within my bone marrow. So uh, they recommended that I undergo a what's called an autologous bone marrow transplant uh, that's using my own stem cells uh, to uh, to transplant my bone marrow back. So in August, I underwent that. I first had intense chemotherapy that, uh, that destroyed all of my bone marrow cells, uh, good and bad, mm. and then had the, uh, the stem cell transplant. I was in the hospital for about uh, 18 days or so. Uh, very, very uh, extensive procedure, 
uh, takes a lot out of you, as you can imagine, and uh, been recovering ever since and and getting my uh, energy back. But, you know, I, I think in terms of what I learned through this uh, was, you know, nothing stark new, but just the the new realization or closer realization that that our life on this earth is limited. So when I was given stage four, I had no idea what that meant. Uh and still don't, you know, it's a day-to-day thing now. But even though we have, uh, and I have heaven to look forward to, I, I want to use my time on this earth to impact the world for Christ as much as I can. So that brought me a new reality that that our life here is is limited. It, it doesn't last long, and it goes very quickly. And the second thing is the, the clear recognition that good health is such a blessing from the Lord. Um, and when our health declines, it impacts everything else we do in our lives. So I've had to make major changes uh, this past year that I wasn't planning on, didn't really want to make. Uh, but uh, I'm, I'm glad that it's it's back and improved. And I, I think finally, I'm just so thankful for our healthcare system here in the United States. I, I don't know how much people recognize uh, here in the U.S. just how great a healthcare system we have that you know, having access to a cancer treatment center, uh, access to a center that performs these autologous bone marrow transplants. The expertise was outstanding. And I'm glad I took the advice of a good friend of mine who's an oncologist at Mayo Clinic. Uh, I talked to him about this early on. First thing he said to me was, Jeff, this is a time for you to not uh, be the doctor, be the patient. Don't go on the internet reading. Uh, just simply uh, be humble. Uh, take the advice of your physicians. They're the experts. And that's what I've done. And it's been a, a, overall a, a very positive experience. I'm just thankful for the expertise, the kindness, and and uh, courtesy of everyone that's on the staff from uh, physicians, nurse practitioners, to the nurses, to the aides, all the way down. It's just, uh, I've just been delighted to see how how respectful they are and how courteous and how really they take their jobs so seriously. So glad to be back with you and and be getting my energy back right now. I I love that. Um, Thank you so much for sharing. And, you know, with you, I'm, I'm celebrating, um, the access that we do have and the time during which we live. And then also just, you know, encouraging folks to do those things that um, are, are necessary to keep up with those regular appointments. Even um, if, you know, if you say to yourself, I don't have time, or maybe I don't even feel like I have the resources, um, you know, early, the earlier, the better, the earlier, the better for all of these things. So um, Jeff, uh, let's take a very, very brief break. Uh, and when we come back, let's hit some of these medical headlines at the intersection of uh, faith and what's going on um, in the world. We're talking with Dr. Jeff Barrows from the Christian Medical and Dental Association. For those of you in any kind of medical or dental field, um, these are your people, cmda.org. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LeBurge. We'll be right back. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen. As you know, this is a rebroadcast of the live radio show we do every morning on the Faith Radio Network. There's a lot going on at Faith Radio. I don't want you to miss any of it. So check out the free resources just waiting for you and for you to share with others at MyFaithRadio.com. One of the things I would like for you to consider is becoming a Faith Radio ambassador. We talk about walking our faith out into the world that God so loves and doing so 
in ways that honor Jesus? Well, that's because we are ambassadors of the kingdom of God. You can become a Faith Radio ambassador today and help us get the word out to others about this and other programs on the Faith Radio Network. Uh, We will supply everything that you need to share with others, and you can sign up to be a Faith Radio ambassador at MyFaithRadio.com. We're talking with Dr. Jeff Barrows from the Christian Medical and Dental Association. Um, Jeff, tell us what's going on in in the state of Florida where a medical board has voted um, to ban what some consider affirming care and others consider um, something, you know, quite different. What's going on there? Well, I'm sure your listeners, Carmen, are aware that there is a battle in our culture between uh, progressive forces that are really trying to uh, affirm children uh, and teenagers that are questioning whether their uh, their gender and um, against the forces uh, of those that like CMDA that really recognize the importance of medical evidence. And so this is important in that the, the Florida Board of Medicine is the first state board of medicine to actually take a stand against this gender transition therapy, as it's known. And that includes drugs and surgical procedures that delay puberty or work to change what we in medicine call secondary sexual characteristics of an individual so that they take on those characteristics of the opposite sex. And CMDA recognizes that many adolescents experience this discomfort with their biologic sex, and it's known as gender dysphoria. And the discomfort is real, and it can rarely become quite significant. But when we look at the good medical evidence, studies have repeatedly shown that this discomfort will go away as the adolescent goes through puberty. If we just leave them alone, support them emotionally, uh, this discomfort goes away, and, and you don't need to give them any treatment. We also know that many different mental health problems contribute to the cause of this discomfort and they need to be addressed so and finally we recognize these treatments are experimental there have not been good quality studies done and so these cause permanent changes often causes infertility if if these cross sex hormones are taken for a long period of time And we need to recognize that adolescents are not in a position to decide what's best for this in terms of this treatment at this time in their life. Uh, They're making decisions or forced into decisions that really have permanent ramifications. So we recognize that countries like the UK, Finland and Sweden, who have been doing this for much longer than here in the U.S., are now taking a step back and recognizing they've been going at it all wrong. They're now focusing on mental health support rather than these potent drugs. And I'm so glad to see that Florida has taken this step and hope that other states around the country will do the same. Yeah, we need to be praying for them because I'm sure that, um, you know, there's there's no small measure of criticism for the individuals involved and, um, and obviously threats to those who um, would take such a stance. And so... Uh, that encouragement as well. I know that's part of what you provide, right, Um, through CMDA is kind of all of the support systems that are necessary for people on the front lines of this this conversation in the culture. So 
just want to remind people, if you are in any way related to um, the medical or dental fields, I mean, if you are uh, in healthcare at any level and in any expression, um, there, there is encouragement for you. There are resources. There's a community at cmda.org, the Christian Medical and Dental Association. Um, talk with us, uh, Jeff, about how the, um, the request for abortion pills has soared in the last few months um, and what's now happening in terms of the ways in which uh, women are accessing abortion through the mail and um, and via chemical abortions that they're doing at home taking pills? I have to tell you, Carmen, this is shocking to me as an OBGYN, how the FDA has loosened the prescribing requirements uh, for these so-called drugs. Uh, just to give a little backdrop, and there there is a study that shows that since the Dobbs decision, Dobbs decision last summer, uh, states especially that have put into place bans against surgical abortion, the women in those states have really turned increasingly to chemical abortion. But unfortunately, they're doing it in an unsafe manner. When these drugs were approved in 2000, it was required that they have to go in and have a personal visit with a physician three times. The first time was to receive the initial pill, the Mifeprex or RU486. Uh, 48 hours later, they had to go in and be given the second pill. And then they had to go back another uh, 14 days later to make sure that everything was fine. Three separate in-person visits. Well, now the FDA, without any clear evidence that it's safe to do so, has now allowed uh, patients to get these drugs, these medications that cause chemical abortion through the internet without ever seeing a physician or healthcare professional. It's just astounding to me because there are complications with these drugs. Uh, 15% of women taking these chemical abortion drugs experience significant hemorrhage. And we've seen that chemical abortions are over 50% more likely to result in an emergency room visit than surgical abortion. So we've seen a marked increase in these emergency department visits uh, up until 2015. And this was when we had the in-person prescribing requirements. One, there's two critical reasons to see a doctor, to make sure your dates are correct and to make sure you don't have an ectopic pregnancy. So I'm very concerned, along with many of our OBGYN members, that now with these drugs available over the Internet, uh, that there are a lot of women that are going to suffer from life-threatening complications at a far greater rate than in the past. Yeah, we had somebody text in just as you were saying um, you know, making that reference to ectopic pregnancies, um, you know, please ask him about that. Um, when somebody is asking me about that on, uh, you know, on the text line, what, what do you think is behind that question? Well, uh, approximately one in 90 pregnant women will have what's known as an ectopic pregnancy, which is a pregnancy located outside the uterus. It could be in the tube is the most common area, but other locations. And the problem is, is that they have a little bit of bleeding and a lot of pain. Now, if they've taken the chemical abortion drugs, they're going to interpret that pain as the normal follow-up from, from taking those drugs and not see a healthcare professional. And the, the significant complication from ectopic pregnancy is in internal hemorrhage, sometimes life-threatening. I've had patients where uh, we've had to give several units of blood and just very close to them bleeding to death internally. So 
taking these chemical abortion drugs will mask those symptoms, cause them not to see a healthcare professional, and put them in danger. Um, yeah, so thank you so much for covering this um, this challenging and delicate topic. Um, maybe uh, we might have time for, for one more. No, we don't. I'm completely out of time. I wanted to talk with you about all the other things that you and I have on our list today, but we just can't do it all. So, Jeff, we look forward to the next conversation with you um, as you, you know, help us as believers wade through, live in the midst of, um, discern what's right in the midst of, you know, just really a, a growing um a, a growing field of sort of the way science and technology and what's available through drugs and therapies, you know, and for us, you know, for those of us who are Christians, like, how do we navigate all of that? So thank you for helping us in all of the ethical conversations of the day related to our health. We really appreciate it. Well, it's my pleasure, uh, Carmen, and it's an honor to be with you again, and I look forward to being together in a, approximately a month. We love it. We love that you're back. All right, that's Dr. Jeff Barrows. You can find him at the Christian Medical and Dental Association, cmda.org. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LeBurge. Next up, Breakpoint with John Stone Street. We need to be What's the phone call um, you never want to receive? It, it's it's really actually hard for us to imagine until we've been holding uh, the phone to our ear and something is being said to us that crushes our world. And so I want you to take a deep breath and think for a moment about um, what that phone call has been in your life or what the phone call that someone else has received um, that might have been related to you when you were injured or arrested or um, in serious trouble. Um, And maybe you're now living on the redemptive or the redeemed side of that, the rescued, restored side of that one way or another. Maybe you're living with deep grief and loss. What's the phone call? Sir, your sons have been in a car accident. How quickly can you get here? Those are the words that Jeremy Freeman heard. He's going to join us next with the rest of the story. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LeBurge, and this is Faith Radio. Lest you think that being a Christian protects you from anything bad ever happening in this life. Pastor Jeremy Freeman is joining us now um, with a testimony and a story that uh, is, let me just go ahead and give you a spoiler alert. Um, So far, so good, like at this point in time. Jeremy, welcome to Mornings with Carmen. Oh, thank you so much for having me on. Glad to be here. All right. I, um, we could start this story anywhere. Um, and so I would like um, to start here, if it's okay with you. And let me just tell everybody, we're, tell- we're talking today about Jeremy's book, hashtag, but God. Um, and, we're, and we're talking about the power of hope when catastrophe crashes in. We're talking about the hashtag, but God movement. But we're also just talking about the way God works and operates in the life of individuals and families and family and the family of faith. So all of that is wound up in this 
Um, let's start with Trey. Tell us about Trey. Oh man, uh, Trey was um, he was our our last born um, a male child. We have we have seven children, but at the time he was our last born male, and um, he was born with a rare genetic disorder. There's a long story there, but he received a bone marrow transplant when he was uh, just as a baby, he lived a healthy six years. And then when he was six years old, he got sick and uh, it turned into this really rare kind of uh, the bone marrow cells that he received six years ago, started taking over in his body and he needed another transplant. So my daughter donated bone marrow. We thought the transplant had worked, but those cells came back and he was in the hospital 300 days between 2012 and 2013 and then the Lord uh, just chose to heal him in heaven, called him home on September the 1st of 2013. And when I think about um, those, not just those 300 days, but when I think about, you know, everything leading up to that, um, your family is formed and transformed because of the life of Trey in ways yeah. that um, are are really hard for anybody that doesn't have a sick child at some point and doesn't lose a child at some point. It's like impossible to describe and understand how that shapes and forms every other person in the family and the family itself. And so um, I wanted to start there because your family is informed by that experience um, when we arrive at the next part of the story where I'm going to invite you to tell us about Caleb. Yeah, so Caleb, um, five years ago, was 16 years old, and it was a regular day at the Freeman household. Um, I'm a pastor. I had actually done a funeral that morning. Caleb had had basketball practice. The funeral director offered me two tickets to a uh, University of Oklahoma basketball game. I gave those to Caleb and my other son, Clayton, and off they went to the game. And literally 10 minutes after I gave Caleb the tickets, he went one way and I went the other and I walk into my house and my phone rings. And that's when we got the call that that changed our life forever. He had been in a, a car accident, a semi truck, 75,000 pounds, T-boned him directly on his side. And uh, just in a matter of just in a breath, our life changed forever. Talk about that. Talk, talk about the phone call that no one wants to receive. Yeah, it's 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 still surreal to, I think, when I think about it, because I walked into my kitchen and it said, Caleb Freeman, I answered the phone and this man says, sir, do you have two sons? There was no hello. No, this is who I am. And of course, I'm thinking, who are you? I said, why do you have my son's son's phone? He said, do you have two sons? And I said, yes. He goes, well, they've been in an accident. How quickly can you get here? So my wife and I are driving quickly to the accident scene, just begging God to spare Caleb and Clayton's life because we didn't we didn't know anything at that point. And we got there and it was chaos, lights and sirens and rain and just everything. And Caleb was in one ambulance and Clayton, our other son was in the other. So they took us to where Clayton was. He had a concussion, but he couldn't remember anything. But they wouldn't let us go see Caleb. And uh, they said, you need to get to the ER. So we got to the ER. Just They weren't giving us any information about Caleb. And uh, I pulled this nurse to the side about 30 minutes later. And I said, ma'am, can you give me any update on my son? She said, I don't know how to tell you this, but your son needs a miracle. And I literally almost fell to the ground because the thought of losing him was unbearable. So I typed a message to my family and our staff. And I I said, here's what the doctors and nurses are saying. But I typed in two words, but God. I never knew but God would be on a T-shirt or on a book. At that point, it was our desperate plea saying, God, we were asking you to step in. And thanks be unto God, he did. 
um, we're talking with Pastor Jeremy Freeman. We're talking about really their fa- his family story, the experience of um, of his son Caleb, um, the darkness that nearly overtook them in a period of waiting, but the but the movement of God, indeed, hashtag yep. but God. It captures um, the the prayer of the moment. It captures um, the prayers of the people. It captures. Um, the reality of who God is um, in the midst, uh, and the book is hashtag but God, the power of hope when catastrophe crashes in. Jeremy, um, you know, let's let's move forward in the story because we're talking about the prayers of God's people, and then we're talking about you know the action, the action of God um, upon your child, and um, and then subsequently on the life of your family and congregation and so many others. Yes. You know, what's interesting is we've, we prayed just as hard for Trey as we did for Caleb. And uh, the Lord often chooses to do what brings him the most. He always chooses to do what brings him the most glory. So we were in the ER and this lady came running in and she I remember she was wearing a white outfit and she had blood all over her. She said, are you Caleb's parents? And we said, yes. She said, I want you to know I was driving home on the highway. I saw the accident. She was I'm a certified CPR trained instructor. I ran across the highway. She said, nobody was tending to Caleb. Come to find out they weren't tending to Caleb because they thought he was dead. She said, so I, I cleared his airway, made sure he was breathing. She said, but more importantly, I prayed over him from head to toe. And God has told me he's going to live. He's going to be well. And that's a mm. bold thing to tell a family. You know, it's bold. And um, so immediately God stepped in and was letting us letting us know he was doing something different. And we've had so many but God moments like that along the way. And we just give God praise for how he's been working. And I can tell you all about it. You, you tell me what you want to know, and I'll tell you, because it's an amazing story. Well, I think that, um, first of all, I really, really appreciate, like you acknowledging, we prayed just as hard for Trey as we did for Caleb. God That's does right. not always answer our prayers in the way or the timing that we imagine um, yes. is is right. Can you talk a little bit about maybe what you've learned about prayer in all of this? Well, man, it's um, in, in the book, I go into great detail about my own journey because as a pastor, you're supposed to be able to have it all together, right? And you have all this <laughs> faith and, and, and I did and I do, but when Trey passed away, there was a part of me di- that died that God has had to resurrect in me. I I struggled. I mean, I've been with people in their hardest moments, but when, when your son is passing away, I remember just laying on the floor in the hospital room and I just couldn't believe he was gone. And so we like to say that a faith that can't be tested is a faith that can't be trusted. And, and God really grew our faith and he's been growing our faith all these years. And so God has used Caleb's healing in my life in a way that I never even knew I needed. He's, he's resurrected some things in me. I know that God doesn't always heal on earth, but sometimes he does. And I've had to trust him in that. And so it's been a journey of faith for me that God has uh, done a a really remarkable work in my life. And I just, I'm so grateful for his faithfulness and his, his grace to me in the midst of all of my doubts and struggles and questions at times. We're talking with uh, Pastor Jeremy Freeman. He is the author of Hashtag But God, The Power of Hope When Catastrophe Crashes In. Day in and day out, he is the pastor of the First Baptist Church in Newcastle, Oklahoma. Um, He is also the husband of Emily and and the dad of many. We've been talking uh, about Trey and about Caleb. Um, We've heard... um, 
we've we've heard um, as well about Clayton, but there but there are others to whom Jeremy is daddy as well. We're going to talk about the impact on uh, his marriage, how his understanding of what we say at the altar to one another, um, you know, changes, and uh, and how we even understand ourselves better. Uh, in our relationships, we're going to talk about um, the impact on their family and and the But God movement. There's a seven-day But God devotional in the back of the book as well. Tons of great resources. We're going to return to our conversation with Pastor Jeremy Freeman about hashtag But God in just a moment. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LeBurge, and this is Faith Radio. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen. As you know, this is a rebroadcast of the live radio show carried on the Faith Radio Network. There's a lot going on at Faith Radio, tons of free resources just waiting for you and for you to share with others at MyFaithRadio.com. How does that all happen? Well, it happens through listener support. So Faith Radio, Mornings with Carmen, all available because of listener support from listeners, well, just like you. If you're a supporter, Thank you so very much. If you'd like to become a supporter today, just visit MyFaithRadio.com. And again, thanks for being a part of what we do every day at Mornings with Carmen. But God is my fortress, I will not be shaken, though I'm surrounded, I won't be forsaken. Continuing our conversation with Pastor Jeremy Freeman. Um, we're talking about hashtag but God. It's a book. It's a movement. Jeremy, um, you know, I, I feel like so many of my questions are, you know, tell me about Trey. Tell me about Caleb. Tell me about Emily. Oh, man. Emily is, uh, I'm telling you what, who you marry is so important. And my wife is, she's a rock. And in fact, in the in the book, we include some of her journal entries because um, the very first night of the book, God put it on her heart to write things down because he said, I'm going to use this for something greater. And uh, her journal entries, in my opinion, are some of those powerful aspects of the book because you get to see just faith on a piece of paper and what God was saying. But she's, she's amazing. She holds our next to Jesus. She holds our, our family together. Uh, she's awesome. I am. Um, I so appreciate that. And I feel like um, this, this journey um, and and your testimony related to this, um, the way God is is using you in the demonstration of your marriage before other people yeah. in the times in which we live, it's it's such a blessing. And so thank you so much for um, weaving the story together in a way that honors God, honors Jesus, honors the personal relationship you have with him, honors your yeah. family, honors the lives of these individual people, not as if, you know, your family is you know, a, a clod, but it's like individual people and, um, and each one entrusted to you and Emily, you know, the sacred trust of these children and each one of them so unique and different and the way you're shepherding their hearts and walking with one another. It's just the whole thing is such a beautiful, beautiful witness. And I, I just didn't want to miss the opportunity to say thank you for all of that. Oh yeah, you bet. Thank you for saying that. Talk with us the, about... Uh, well, I was going to say, you know, be sure people have a little bit of a, a window into, like, the the hashtag But God Seven Day Devotional. Like, t- take us there for a moment. What you know, what's that about? What are you trying? What are you trying to invite people into? Yeah, you know, what, what I was going to say is that suffering has a way of kind of pushing you toward God or pulling you from God. And thankfully, the Lord, in His grace, has allowed suffering to draw 
not only uh, us closer to him, but also closer to one another. Like our family is stronger because of our suffering. In many mm-hmm. ways, I hate what our kids have gone through, but man, they're stronger as a result. And this But God devotional, we picked out seven of the our favorite But God passages in the Bible. And when you start seeing it, But God is everywhere. It's all over the Bible. And the devotional really speaks to when God steps in, everything changes from Genesis all the way to the New Testament. Uh, we've picked out seven of our very favorite passages that I believe will breathe hope into people's life in a way that only God can do in a but God kind of way. So it's one of my favorite aspects of the book, and I pray people really benefit from it. Um, and then you cover some commonly asked questions. You want to just tee up a couple of those? Because I think that some of these are the questions that a lot of us are afraid to ask. Yeah, for sure. And one thing is, man, I wish you guys could meet Caleb. Caleb is the most uh, transformed person you'd ever meet in your life. God's done a great work in him physically, but Caleb has been resurrected spiritually. He's a man on a mission. So we travel all over the country, share his story everywhere that we can. But we get asked lots of questions. And so questions like, could Caleb hear anything when he was in the coma? Uh, Does he remember the accident? Stuff like that. And we address some of those really central questions that people really want to know in the back of the book. And uh, it's it's really interesting because uh, there's some fascinating answers, things you probably wouldn't expect. uh, But we address a lot of those in the back of the book. Yes, yes, (laughs) ma'am. All right. When you um, when you say to people, never give up, never give in, never let go. What are you I mean, because there's an itch you're scratching there for sure. There's a problem you are seeking to address. Can you um, can you take us there? You bet. So when Caleb was in the ICU, you know, he was in a coma for eight weeks. We're talking he didn't respond purposefully for two months. So but we had this promise in our heart from God that he was going to wake up. And we know enough to know that you don't just kind of tritely believe that, like you have to really know that's what's happening. And and we felt like God had spoken to us that Caleb was going to wake up. And so uh, um, at the time, Emily's aunt would come up to the ICU and she would stand by Caleb and let us have a moment just to rest. And this phrase was born, never give up, never give in, never let go. And it, it wasn't this it wasn't a phrase that declared we're trusting in ourselves. It was saying, God, we're clinging to you. We're trusting in your promises. We're trusting in your power. So that phrase, I, to us, what it says is, God, we are going to hold on to you no matter what, because the circumstances, people, none of those things have the final say. God, you have the final say, and we trust you with the final say. So that's really what that phrase means to us. So um, when you think about um, dates on the calendar, is it the date you got the phone call? Is it the date Caleb woke up from the coma? Is it the date he, like, is there is there a day and a date in your family's life when you're like, this is the day? Oh, man. I would say that that day in February when Caleb nodded his head, and we have all this documented, which is just crazy. We didn't even plan to do it. It just happened. But God, right? But seriously, one day he was sitting in his wheelchair in Denver, Colorado at Craig Hospital. And his therapist said, Caleb, can you nod your head? Yes. And I mean, he nodded his head and you would have thought we won the lottery. I mean, it mm. was uh, over the top. They couldn't believe it. We've been asking him to nod his head for eight weeks. And then he just nods his head and he starts waking up. 
the doctors thought we were in denial. They were like, this poor family, this kid's never waking up. You know, 90% with his brain injury never wake up. And those that do never regain consciousness. He nods his head and he starts waking up. And it it was unreal. So I get chills even saying that right now because it was such an incredible, but God miraculous moment in our lives that we will never forget. All right. So, I mean, just logistically, just for a moment, because there are people trying to do like all the math here and they're like, okay, they live in Oklahoma. Um, Now he's talking about being in a hospital in Denver, Colorado. We're talking about weeks on end. They have, you know, they got a bunch of kids like how just at at the most basic level, like how are you managing all that? Oh, man. Well, we had a very gracious church family that uh, really allowed me to focus on my family. Thanks be unto God for that. But we were in Oklahoma for four weeks. We transferred to Denver, Colorado. We were there for five months. We left there, went to Omaha, Nebraska, QLI Hospital for three months. Caleb had to go to Boise, Idaho, have his left ear totally reconstructed. We were there for one month, and then we came home. So it was. we moved our whole family around with us. Uh, The school worked with us. Our church worked with us. But most importantly, God just allowed for us to be together. Uh, and that made all the difference. And so it's, yes, tons of logistics. We go over it, all of it in the book. It's amazing to see how God just provided every step of the way. Yeah. So if you've ever wondered, if you're listening right now and you've ever wondered, um, beyond, beyond the fact that you are a member of the body of Christ and therefore you need to be a member of a body of Christ. Let me tell you that when this kind of call comes, you have got to be a part of a people. And this testimony that is in um, hashtag, but God, the power of hope when catastrophe crashes in is not only made possible by the God who is, and and, and all the glory goes to God throughout this book and through this movement, this but God God movement. But let me tell you, friends, um, this book is also a testimony to the reality of the resilience and the power and the purpose and the people of the Church of Jesus Christ on the local level. So um, so let me say um, thank you and amen to Pastor Jeremy Freeman, to Emily, his wife, to their children and family, but also to the First Baptist Church of Newcastle, Oklahoma. Thank you, thank yeah. you, thank you, thank you, thank you. The But God movement is uh, worth you checking out. The book is But God, The Power of Hope when catastrophe crashes in. Jeremy, thank you so much for being with us here today on Mornings with Carmen. Thank you so much. God bless you, Carmen. Likewise. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LeBurge. This is Faith Radio. Life is short. I want to live it well. Um, life is short. Eternity is long. Make it count. Uh, God has on my heart right now, um, my friend Shelly Um If you're a regular listener, then you know her name and uh, and you maybe remember her testimony and her story. Her daughter, Emily, um, her, you know, her heart failed just on, on what was otherwise a totally regular day. You know, we're coming up on the first anniversary of that in, um, in less than a month. So all of a sudden, like, she's on my heart right now and in this conversation with Jeremy. I'm wondering um, who God just laid on your heart and how you might be led to reach out to them today. Maybe it's a parent or a grandparent who has lost a child. Maybe it is a parent, a grandparent, an aunt, an uncle, a sibling of a child currently 
um, hospitalized. Maybe there's a family that you know that's standing at a bedside in an ICU and they need somebody to show up to give them a little respite and a break and to testify to the power of God. Um, We don't presume, but we do pray and we count on his promises. Have a great day and God bless. Thanks for listening to this podcast of Mornings with Carmen LaBurge from Faith Radio. If you haven't, you can subscribe to automatically receive the podcast through iTunes or the Google Play Music app. That way you never miss an episode. It's also available anytime at MyFaithRadio.com.